0: I'm a proudly midwestern girl from Iowa who loves hip-hop, fanatically loves the Iowa Hawkeyes, the Seattle Seahawks, and nearly every college hoops team. I love wine, laughing, and I have almost an unhealthy love of heels. But beyond those things, I'm curious, I'm opinionated, I'm quick. I have a bias for action, pressure fuels me, and I'm fiercely loyal. I've been told that I marry vision with pragmatism, and that I'm ahead of my time in many ways. I've been told that I'm creative, but I'm certainly not artistic. I believe in building strong teams, nurturing talent, and giving them room to grow. I believe it's important to fear the task at hand sometimes, kind of like I am right now, having to talk about myself for 20 minutes. I believe in pushing people outside their comfort zone because it usually results in better work and bigger accomplishments. I believe you can have it all. All just looks a little different day to day. My emotions are my greatest strength and my greatest weakness. I have learned from great men and great women. I hate office politics, blowhards, and inaction, as well as the Duke Blue Devils and what I'd call reading movies. I'm proud that I've created my own path, that I've leaned into building a strong career, being a wife of a talented and loving creative director, and a mother of a rambunctious two-year-old boy. I'm proud to be a woman, but I'm not defined by being one. I'm Britt Peterson-Farrow, and I'm the Chief Strategy and Media Officer at Publicist Seattle.
1: Celebrating the work, lives, and achievements of women in Western North America, The Drum presents Exceptional Women Out West, hosted by The Drum North America Editor-at-Large,
0: Doug Zanger.
1: Let's start with three questions. Okay. What do you think others believe your superpower is? And conversely, what would you say your superpower is? I
0: think other people would tell you my superpower is my will. And probably kind of a combination of will and infectious energy that gets others to come along with me. If I put my mind to something, I will get it done. A friend of mine just reminded me the other day that I've remodeled my house three times in the matter of weeks. Wait, what? Yeah uh because i wanted to get it done and so i got it done just very quickly (laughs) perhaps that's a lot of indecision too but no i think other people would tell you i just want to find a way of making shit happen Mm -hmm. and i want to get things done and if somebody tells me it can't be i will find a way to make sure it is we just did a big rebranding project with American Girl this last year. And I think a lot of people would tell you I willed that to happen. And shifting the company's focus and kind of taking them back to their roots of what that brand was built to do and what it can do for girls in bringing them together. I think as an organization, there were pockets of them that believed that is what they were there to do. But most people would tell you I probably saw it more clearly than they did, and it was my will that kind of made it happen Mm -hmm. and pushed it through the organization. Conversely, I I actually think my superpower is my ability to simplify and kind of being a great reductionist. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it's easy in this industry to get sidetracked by lots and lots of information. And I didn't really realize that I had that ability, but a boss of mine a few years ago kind of made me see it, and he said, you have this innate ability to kind of take in information and go from A to Z really, really quickly, and Mm -hmm. just strip away all the extraneous stuff and formulate a plan for like, okay, here's what we're going to go do about it, and I think maybe that is kind of a superpower that's fueled me in my career, is Mm -hmm. just the ability to make things simple.
1: That's exactly what people have said about you. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's, it's, it's uncanny. It's uncanny. Well, that, that's nice oh. that you're very self-aware though, but it's also yeah. nice that, that what people are saying and what you're saying, they're not exactly the same thing, but they seem to match up.
0: Yeah. I think they match up. They probably go hand in hand. A lot of times, probably people feel my will, <laughs> Right. um, a lot of times. So I, I think that's nice to hear. I actually think it's a great compliment and I'm proud of having that much willpower to see something through and to push it through because I think it's easy to just hear no.
1: Right. Who made you? And I'm using sort of the air quote thing there. Who made Brit?
0: A lot of people made me. I'm not being flip, but my mom and dad. Truthfully, I got probably my sense of creativity and empathy from my mom, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: um, along with some mad baking skills. Um, my dad, I think has really instilled a work ethic in me and has a lot to do with my leadership style and my leadership skills. But beyond just my parents, I, I will say, I actually think my time at Fallon, because that's where I spent the early days of my career and a good majority of my career shaped me immensely. Pat Fallon as a man is an amazing, was an amazing yeah, guy, no, uh- uh, And I think he has had a profound influence on who I am today, both personally and professionally. For anyone that knows him, they know he is not only a great leader and a great businessman, but he's almost a father and more so even a coach to every single person that walks through there. And I think he taught me the value of tenacity, compassion, and the value of leading clients. But beyond that, You know, he taught me the importance of people, being candid with people, valuing people. And one of Fallon's core beliefs was always family as a business model. That was so true. And I think it's had a profound effect on how I view talent in this business and how Mm -hmm. I view relationships and people and just what a competitive advantage people are and how important people are to developing a strong and great culture. As I look back on my time there, I worked with people who really have influenced my style, the way I approach managing people, the way I approach dealing with clients, and even in how I want to build my own career. I think at the time I might not have realized how much of an effect my my years at Fallon were having on me, but that is certainly something that has shaped me from a values perspective and how I approach both life and work. In addition to that, I had the opportunity to work on a wide range of things while I was there and gave me some really valuable experiences that have Mm -hmm. shaped me too. I worked on United Airlines for a long time. I got to travel the world. I got to travel the world alone, which was really interesting. And I had the ability to brand a country. And in working on United, I had kind of the opportunity, I guess, if you call it that, to work with a brand through a worldwide tragedy. And that's an experience I will never have again. And I think it profoundly shaped my belief on the role of marketing, the role of brands, and the connection between brands and people and how to make them human. Mm -hmm. Friends and family obviously make me too in a lot of ways. My brother is the picture of resilience. My sister probably comes through in my ability to deal with conflict really well. And my husband, certainly meeting him, kind of showed me there's more to life than work. He's brought out a more compassionate side to me, helped me really value the importance of family, and I think has given me kind of the confidence to see who I really am and what I'm really capable of as well. Right. And being a mom, you kind of learn new things about you every every single day, and he brings out a totally different side of me and kind of makes me recognize the joy of imagination
1: the cool thing is is that you had that foundation from fallon absolutely and then so that wasn't like some sort of huge leap it was just maybe just like a little maybe a little nudge because you had family yeah. at fallon yeah and you saw the importance of that professionally so that was always probably always there it was just maybe slightly different lens you're looking through
0: I think that's a great point. I mean, family, especially growing up in the Midwest, family's always important, oh, right? Yeah. It's a great Midwestern value. Yes, it is. Um, and I think having my time at Fallon did impact kind of that value on me professionally. Mm-hmm. But now having a family of my own kind of has just dimensionalized that in a whole new way and been able to actually make relationships in all aspects of my life stronger Right. and recognize the importance of people.
1: I also like the fact that you said Pat Fallon is. Yep. Even though he sadly passed away. I mean, that's his, what he gave to so many people across the globe. That's, that's the is, isn't it?
0: Absolutely. Uh, in fact, there's rarely a day that something doesn't happen where I think of him or I think of my time there. And mm-hmm. I think he's alive and kicking in my world
1: and a lot of people's as well. I'm, I'm looking forward to this answer. <laughs> this question. I don't, I'm going to actually, I'm going to phrase it this way. I'm going to have make you fill in the blank. Okay. I don't fear blank.
0: I don't fear change.
1: Okay. <laughs> Why is that?
0: I think change unlocks so many opportunities and change is one of those words that Some people look at and kind of stare in the face and go, ooh, what if? Mm -hmm. Or you can stare that word in the face and say, what if? And honestly, if I look at my career path, change is at its core. I think a lot of people believe you have to have a linear path in your career. Mm -hmm. Mine is anything but. Uh, It's completely circuitous, actually. I grew up in Iowa, I went to school in Missouri because I had a dream of being a broadcast journalist. And I was determined to be Aaron Andrews before Aaron Andrews was around. (laughs) Um, And some things happened about the reality of that balanced with maybe what I thought college life should be like. Um, And so I changed my major to advertising. So that was kind Mm -hmm. of the first change. And I loved it. I think I fell into a career I kind of was meant to be in, in a lot of ways. And then I took a job at Fallon and I had an amazing opportunity to work on Nordstrom and Rolling Stone and the launch of Us Weekly actually, which come on, you couldn't ask for a better job coming out of college. No. Um, And I remember actually, I got pulled into Rich Stoddart's office actually and he said, well, how how would you feel about not working on those things and working on United Airlines instead? And I said, no thanks. Um, and I said I really like what I'm doing, and then the next day I got told I was going to be working on United Airlines. So I also realized it wasn't really a choice. Um, but again, <laughs> the honestly the best change I could have possibly had. Working on United brought me so many different experiences and allowed me to understand global cultures in a whole new way, global business in a whole new way. Mm-hmm. So that kind of reiterated that change was good. And after having been in the Midwest for so long, I said, I have an itch and I need to go to New York. And Pat said, okay. And I said, I'm really interested in design. And so I moved to New York and worked across Duffy and Fallon so that I could understand the design world more, understand the integrated world more, and ended up getting the opportunity to work on the islands of the Bahamas and launch double shot and really kind of broaden my skill set to not just understanding advertising, but understanding the power of design in how we interact with brands and consume things. Mm -hmm. And then I got a call from some folks in Seattle and I thought, okay, sure, I'll go out there next. And so I came out here actually to take on a new business role and an innovation role, which was a totally different change from being an account person or being in the design world. And that gave me a completely different perspective on things, and since I've been out here, I've done the new business thing, I've been a director of innovation, I've run an agency, and now I've taken on a chief strategy role, I built a media offering here. I think change is good, and I wouldn't trade it for anything. I kind of think people who look at change and are scared, I go, give it a different view, because it's all in how you frame the opportunity. I think change has beautiful things to offer, and so I say embrace it, if not create it.
1: Let's get to the must list. Okay. What's a must do?
0: Oh, must do travel. Absolutely.
1: What kind of travel?
0: International travel if you can. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to take every continent in in my time on the earth. So. Uh, Which no, ones are you missing? I'm missing Africa and Antarctica. Antarctica. Yep. I think most people are missing Antarctica. I think so too. Although I went to Patagonia last year and I was really close and I thought we really should have done that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I just think travel, especially international travel gives you such great perspective on living, on how people communicate with one another, Mm -hmm. how cultures develop. I say do it.
1: Amen. What's a must experience?
0: fear and rejection um
1: (laughs) speaking of change
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think the two go hand in hand but i think if you learn how to accept no the more (laughs) the more you experience rejection the less scary things become i mean what's the worst that can happen somebody says no right okay move on and i think if you can actually internalize that and say everything's gonna be okay Even if something doesn't work out the way you wanted it to, life goes on, and the sooner people understand that and have felt it and have come out better the other side, the better things are.
1: So the fear side of it. Yeah. Why do you think? Um, Why do you think we're so fearful sometimes? Because probably we probably try to be perfect. We don't know. And we try to be perfect all the time.
0: We do try to be perfect, and that's no fun. No, I, I mean, I think especially having a kid kind of makes you understand, like, you're never going to be perfect. Uh, uh, yeah. But there, there is pressure in that to do things a certain way or that there's a right way for things. And I think more often than not, there's not a right way. Mm-hmm. And if you can let yourself over that hurdle, you can get past it. At the same time, I think it's good to be scared sometimes too. That's when you do embrace change, you embrace doing something differently. I had a death wish of skiing actually my entire life, downhill skiing. I was convinced that I would hit a tree and die. And in high school, I almost decided that I was gonna like take the plunge and go on a ski trip and do all this stuff. And the next day, the article about Sonny Bono hitting a tree and dying skiing came out and I said, well, it's a sign I'm not supposed to go. So, I didn't. Wow. And honestly, my entire life, I hadn't downhill skied until two years ago, and I decided this is silly. I've now been on 10 ski trips with my friends in which they all go skiing and I hang out, which right. also isn't bad, but,
1: no, it's an, yeah.
0: <laughs> but I decided we're going to do this. We're going to give it a try, and it's silly that you've gone for almost 40 years and never done this. And so I did it one day and I realized that it wasn't that scary. It was actually kind of fun. Yeah. And I think people have to be maybe scared of those things to also know what you're able to overcome.
1: What is a must read?
0: The glass castle by by
1: Jeanette walls,
0: Jeanette walls. Yes.
1: And why is that?
0: I think it's an amazing story about family connection, about dreams, about will and about ambition to do something. It's a beautiful story about kids and parents and growing up in tough situations and persevering through that and having each other mm-hmm. as part of that. So I know a lot of people probably talk about industry books. I think there's tons of value to be gained in just reading great novels.
1: I would tend to agree. Gets you out of your... Gets get you out you of out the rut. zone, Gets right? you out of the rut. Yeah. Sometimes you got to get... We are both Minnesotans to get out of the zone. (laughs) Get out of the zone. Oh my, what is a must learn?
0: How to tell a story. Honestly, I can't tell you how valuable I think that is. And actually I've had a couple people remind me of that over the past couple of years. Mm -hmm. I have sat in so many presentations (laughs) and meetings where people take you through decks and conversations that are like the agenda finding one finding two and you're like am I supposed to be tracking with something here I think the ability to tell a story is so powerful no matter what you're doing it allows you to connect with people bring them along on a journey with you it convinces people it sells stories are what connect us they're what people buy into and I think if you can learn how to tell a story early on in your career the better off you're going to be no matter what business you're in
1: What is a question you've never been asked that you would love someone to ask you?
0: What play I would have called with 20 seconds left of the Super Bowl with the Seattle Seahawks and the New England Patriots?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I understand why you are saying that question. But the answer is abundantly obvious. Yes, it is. What is it? Give the ball to Marshawn.
0: Give the ball to Marshawn. Here's the thing. Common sense isn't always that common. And I think this is one of those moments where just using common sense would have created a completely different outcome.
1: Why are you so bitter about this still? What's, I, is you, it, wait, this is, what? wait, this is very <laughs> counter to your ethos of get over it. So is this, is this the one, is this apparently the exception to that particular rule?
0: You know, I don't even know that I'm bitter over it. I just, it's one of those things that I don't get. It's just something I look at and go, the answer is so abundantly obvious. I don't get it. And actually, I I will tell you, I'm a huge Pete Carroll fan. And in fact, I love his rogue play calling. I think it's great. Except for that call. Um, It's one of those things. Hey, you asked me, nobody's ever asked me what I would have called. So there you go.
1: (laughs) Fair point. Get over it. Here's where I compliment you. There are so many things that I could say. There are so many things that have already been said. But here's what I think. You've t- talked about just your stick-to-itiveness. That's a term mm-hmm. now. Yep. Um, other people have said the exact same thing. I mean, that's that, that was the part that just really kind of hit me. That's why I mm-hmm. smiled and laughed. Mm-hmm. It's just exactly, consistently, time after time after time after time. The... Thing that I noticed about you is that you have this wide range of tunnel vision. And what I mean by that is you see very far in front and you see a future, not just necessarily for yourself, but for the agency. And what is interesting to me is that even though the company is in Seattle and all the kids are over in Paris, that. This place in Seattle is definitely, clearly very much on the map. Mm-hmm. But I see this very interesting future where, you know, Maurice Levy is going to come over and probably spend a little more time in Seattle because I feel like that this is still a story. Listen, Maurice, if you are listening, s'il vous plaît, visitez Seattle souvent. <laughs> Nous viendrons dans le meilleur restaurant et des viticulteurs, des boutiques. Seattle, c'est magnifique you guys are the stars, but you're also this rising story. And I think you're going to help lead that. That's where I compliment you.
0: Well, thank you. That is quite a compliment. Um, no, the tunnel vision kind of, it's a very interesting analogy,
1: but it's a wide view. Yeah, it's sort absolutely. of, it's like this sort of wide lens, but you're kind of going at this thing. Do you, do you yep. feel as though that you guys are going to be the stars in the constellation that is publisus
0: I think, we have the ability to for sure Mm -hmm. this is my second tour here and I don't think I would have come back if I didn't think we could make something of it Mm -hmm. there's a really interesting mix of talent here and I do think we have some shared vision around what we can accomplish so I'm excited about what the possibility is
1: you think Maury should come visit he
0: totally should come visit. has he
1: ever visited here? oh
0: yeah he was out a few months ago
1: Oh, Come, so he comes and says hi. Well, how how many like in between visits? How many times in between visits?
0: I would say probably at least six months. Sometimes a uh, year see that's visits.
1: that's not that's that's unacceptable. <laughs> no, he needs to be here at least every every three months. Where where do you so, let's gossip? Let's gossip. Come on, yeah. Let's let's publicly gossip. <laughs> Wait, does he like the restaurants here? Does he? I mean, does he? I think he, he, he
0: likes the restaurants here. Yes. Yeah. The take, last time he was here, we talked a lot about American Girl because he has to right. get American Girl dolls for. His grandkids.
1: That makes total sense. Yes. <laughs> have you taken him out to wine country?
0: We have not taken him to wine country. We should probably do that. Okay. Next What's time
1: the best? Ba- have you taken him to Lark? Have you taken no. him? No. To- okay. You gotta take him to.
0: I know. We gotta get on it. Okay.
1: All right. Yeah. Sorry. That's very gossipy. But I just feel as though that Maurice needs to be in Seattle more frequently.
0: Lark, Lark paid you to say that, right? Yeah.
1: No. <laughs> Brought to you by Visit Seattle. <laughs> In every show, we like to allow our guests to talk about whatever they would like. So you got a couple minutes. The floor is yours.
0: This was a hard one for me to even think about. But something has been on my mind lately, and I think it's both a professional and a personal thing, but just kind of the need to be present. And I think, yes, mindfulness is a trend right now and all that good stuff. But I think being present and... It's something I'm really working on in all settings because I think mobile devices take you away from being present so much and you feel like you have to be always on. But the ability to actually be present with people and experiences that you're in, I actually think give you so much more opportunity to see new connections and new ideas that I think it's something we take for granted a lot of times. And I don't think we put enough focus on it and so it's something i'm personally really working on is just being more present like when i'm at home being present with my husband being present with my kid seeing what he's seeing and actually having those interactions but also just when i'm out in the world being more present and connected to what's going on seeing what's happening in culture and not always worrying about whether or not the job's getting done and what else i have to do and I think it's actually started to free my mind even more on what else we could be doing as an industry, as an agency, or even me as a person.
1: Much like the must list, I want to wrap this thing up on a high note. Mm-hmm. What is one piece of advice or wisdom that you would like to share with everyone listening to wrap up the show today?
0: Earn everything. I think there's a lot that people sometimes feel like they deserve. And I think if you look at every single opportunity as an opportunity, know that you have earned everything in your career. Whether you're a man or a woman, it doesn't matter. Know that you're good at what you do and you have earned every single part of that because you will sleep better at night and I think you will thrive in your career if you can get up every morning and say, I'm going to earn it today and I'm going to put my all into everything I do.
1: Britt, always a pleasure seeing you when I come to Seattle. Even greater pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for taking the time today.
0: You too. Thanks so much.